Hey, it's Danny. I'm back with Vincent and Andy. We're called Film Farm now, and we're, we picked up a sponsor. We're sponsored by Beecher's Handmade Cheese, an utter delight. Well, you can get it on 20th and Park. Okay, so this, this week we watched Aguirre, The Wrath of God, which is Whoa, a... how do you pronounce it, Danny? Aguirre. How do you pronounce it? Andy says... I thought I thought you got to like. Andy roll. has not remembered the name of the film a single time in no, conversation. You have to roll the R's, but I I can't do it. Eternal sunshine. <laughs> yeah, eternal what spotlessness of the sunshine mind. <laughs> um, can you roll your R's, Vincent? No. Yeah, so none of us can really say the name of this film, but Danny's will work. Aguirre. Yeah, so this is this is like a culty Werner Herzog movie. So this is this was by request, Andy said no more mainstream movies so we decided to watch we decided to watch this one i'm on the fence about whether this is tier one or tier two right your rankings um vincent what do you think i i don't know i didn't know this movie before so i don't know where it was like in a, in a marketing perspective i guess like for it on its own i think it would be tier two it's hard to imagine or like at least now Remind remind us even what these definitions mean. Yeah, so a mainstream movie is like The Avengers or something like that. And last time we said Million Dollar Baby is sort of on the fringes of mainstream still. Mm -hmm. Tier 1 artsy would be maybe like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie or a Wes Anderson, like Moonrise Kingdom. That's a Tier 1? I think that would be Tier 1 artsy. Sort of like a beginning foray into watching things that are not quite mainstream Hollywood movies, but are not quite that out there. And then tier two is a step beyond that. So there's some American movies that probably fall into tier two, but a lot of this is probably slower European stuff. And this certainly falls under the category of slower European, but Herzog has become, I would say a relatively renowned figure, even amongst sort of normal college students who are not super interested in film. I don't know, Andy, have you had, had, do you, had you heard this name before we watched a Gary? Um, yes, I had heard of Werner Herzog, but, uh, yeah. And so this is, there's a few others that might be considered sort of like his masterpiece, but I think this is the one that's most commonly brought up. We were talking about watching Fitzcarraldo, which is another big one. Um, his Nosferatu is really good, but that's not part of the popular consciousness, I think in any way. So I don't know. I'm between tier one and tier two on this. He's he's a big figure, but it's certainly slow and European. <laughs> um, Wait, when it came out in 1972, was he as big a figure? Yeah, I should have done some more Herzog research for this pod. So I don't really know. I don't, I don't even know actually how big of a director he is at the time when he does this movie. Um, but I'm sure there are people out there who know a lot about him. Um, okay, but we're going to move on from that. So I saw this movie in English, and Andy and Vincent saw this movie in German. So, th- so this is originally shot in English. The, all that audio is lost, and then it gets dubbed into English. So I get... No, ki- to German. Well, it, it, first it gets dubbed into English. Oh, really? And Herzog says, I don't like the English dub. We're going to redub it in <laughs> German. So there's two different dubs. With all the same actors? No, so... Kinski, the, the, the lead actor, the guy who plays Aguirre, Klaus Kinski refuses to do it in German because he's not getting paid enough. <laughs> so, there, so I watched the English one because I wanted to see the Kinski performance. 
and you guys actually didn't get any Kinski. What? Yeah. So I so I've never seen the German version. What? How is that? Like, did did you did you notice something was off, or it just comes off well, and you think that Kinski's doing a good job? I mean, I mean, Vincent and I made this comment after we saw it that there's there's something about the 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 words, the sounds not matching up with the the mouth movements that is is a little bit bothersome sometimes. But I don't know if it's bothersome. I think I, I, I posed the question whether you found it distracting. I don't think I did. But maybe that's because I'm used to yeah. reading subtitles, as right. we've stated. I mean, you, you definitely you definitely notice it at places. Um, is it, is it, so I have a similar note in mind, even though I'm watching a different dub. But the so the English dub is famously quite bad. So it's like not even lining up to the <laughs> the lip movements at all. Okay. So it's just like it's so essentially completely thing. off. And yeah. like there are some lines when I, I I don't know the name of the character, but the the wife of the original captain who who gets killed. There are some lines where like the actor will just be completely emotionless on their face, but the that the dub will be like incredibly enthusiastic. Oh wow! It, 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 but okay, but anyway. Well, there. I, I think the German one was overall pretty good. I there was one actor in particular who I thought his voice. It, it, was, it was. I think he was one of the, one of the black slaves, not not Indian slaves. But I just thought his voice did not match his his build. So. Uh, English version, I think the bad dub is almost additive. Like it's super eerie and off, but the whole movie is eerie and off. And so it's not quite as much of a slant. I guess it's a big slant, but it's not quite as bad as it might be if you were making like a standard sort of like American film and you expect things to be, to fall sort of like on the button. Um, Can you imagine a movie today being fine with like, you know, the dub's not matching up. Yeah, well, That'd it's something that's weird. totally unacceptable right. in a Hollywood context. But it's kind of interesting given this one. And there's a long tradition of like a lot of the Italian movies that are made between the 50s and 80s. Like almost all of them are dubbed afterwards. And like The Good and Bad and the Ugly is a, is a good example of one where the, that dub like doesn't really totally line up. And But that's that movie's still amazing. It's, I don't know how to describe it, but it almost adds to the charm of some of these international movies. So I don't I, I don't want to say it as a knock, but it is at least something to be thinking about um, with this movie. Um, okay, the other thing about this is is this and Fitzcarraldo and Fitzcarraldo. There's a documentary on this, but they're sort of famously incredibly difficult shoots. So the, there's one the dynamic between Herzog and Kinski, and I played you guys the YouTube clip of Kinski shouting at Herzog yeah, on yeah, this yeah. set beforehand, Amazing. which. That was from this set? I, I'm pretty sure it's from this set. Mm. So that relationship is famously... Fraught. Yeah, incredibly fraught. There, I forget the rumors. The rumors are like Herzog tried to have him killed, and then Kinski tried to have him killed. It's, it's, so I don't know the extent to which that's tall tale stuff, but there's that percolating in the background. And the other thing percolating in the background is that the, the actual shoot for these crews are supposed to be horrific. Uh, and so you, you get a sense in the movie that the, the adventurers are going through th- kind of this horrific journey. But the actual crew, I think, was quite miserable and wanted to mutiny and did not want to finish this movie because it was so atrocious to shoot. Um, wondering if you guys... Well, okay, maybe we should just talk about the sheer like 
physicality of this movie uh do you feel the weight of of the world and nature and the forces at play or does it kind of wash over you because it's so slow and wandering in some ways um i would say uh the part that struck me most was just like the really extended uh, opening credits where there is just like shot after shot uh, traversing these mountain trails. Uh, I mean, one, I thought that was like really um, beautifully laid out. Um, but I mean, I think it did. Like, you, you had sort of prefaced before we had watched, uh, any of us had watched it. Um, this like difficulty of shooting and I was that that was like definitely going through my mind at that time um, I would say for the rest of the movie it didn't really sort of come to mind so much um, about you Andy I was I was like the whole time they were on this raft I was like how the hell are they shooting this like they don't have drones or anything in the 70s like like how how did they do this? They they were on boats next to the raft. Was the raft actually floating down the river? Like they weren't green screening this shit. Like that that raft was on some water. I so I was I was pretty conscious of like you know this is this is impressively Im- impressively shot uh, throughout throughout the movie. Yeah, I had the same thought on the the very last shot of the movie where it's the camera that's swirling around. When it's circling the raft. Yeah, Yeah, so I have no idea how they did that. There's definitely a lot of things. And Vincent, I have the same note on the the first scene of the movie. Um, There's a lot of things where I'm wondering, like, how did they shoot this, which is kind of an interesting angle into a movie. I think the last two movies we watched, there's very, very little of that. Um, I think the camera work is relatively transparent. I'm not saying that in a valuative way, but... It's a very different style here where I think you're meant to think a little bit more about the filmmaker's choices. And, and maybe that's because I preface it with this was an incredibly arduous shoot, but you definitely feel more of that. And, and, and maybe that's because the other elements are so sparse. So the, the, me and Andy were brief, brief, briefly uh, arguing about this before. So Andy thinks there's no plot to the movie. And Vincent proposes that we try to figure out what happened in this movie because it's very easy to forget quite quickly. The main thing is that Andy and I watched this three days ago and uh, need need to at least have a live piecing together slash recap of it. Um, I I think I fell on the side that there is plot. Of course there's plot. No, but it's... Of course there's there's plot. There's meaningful plot. (laughs) Okay. I think the weird thing about the movie is if you actually, and we'll go through the beats, if you actually go through the plot, there's actually a lot that happens, mm. but there's almost no emotional moments in it. So even points where main characters are dying and there's mutinies and there's all this stuff, which are actually substantive plot points, it's just not treated with any care whatsoever. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think it's a really interesting choice that the movie is making here. Mm. Um but there's just not the emotionality at all. So like later we'll talk about, we have this category of how emotionally manipulative is, is the movie. Zero. Like how much do they make you feel bad by like sad piano music? And this has none of that. Like we don't dwell on any of the bad things that happen in this movie. And there's a lot of bad things that happen in the movie. So, okay, let's, let's get the plot on paper. So a little bit at least. So 
you Vincent reminds us we begin with this big opening shot of the big I don't know what we call we call them a caravan or whatever a lot of people adventuring together and who, who what do we Piccolo does anyone remember this guy's name Piccolo Pizarro I think it's Pizarro Pizarro sounds right Pizarro sounds right okay Pizarro whoever the head of the company is says okay we're gonna send off you know a small crew and they're gonna try to find some food or find El Dorado and then they come back and report to us. Okay, that's the first thing, right? So then we go off. Then there's the mutiny where Kinski Aguirre gets the men to overthrow and shoot. Wait, wait, wait. What am I missing? The the raft guy is stuck in the eddies. Oh, raft gets stuck. Okay. And he shoots a fireball at them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wait, but he does that after... Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, they get killed first. And so then Aguirre decides I'm going to shoot this cannonball at them, right? I was on his side at that point. I was like, that is, come on. You're going to go over and risk everybody's lives to give them a good Christian funeral? Come on, that's ridiculous. <laughs> is that what they, I thought they were going to save them. And then, well, they were going no, to save them. Yeah. So, so they were going to go and save them. Yeah. And, and, then, right. and, then they, and then they got killed by, Indian, by the evil Indians anyway. And so then they were like, oh, they're dead, but we need to go actually get them and give them a proper funeral. Well, and I, don't, I, don't like, know. I don't know if they're evil Indians there. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, okay, Wait, Andy's saying that like... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, they, they killed innocent people. I can call them evil. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, was on his point, I was on his side at that point. I was like, yeah, that's, that's reasonable. Um, you guys should not go after them. It's too dangerous out here. Okay, so that happens. Then there's the mutiny. And okay. then I get a pretty fuzzy about what happens after that. Okay, so there's a mutiny. Uh, there, there's one person who's loyal to the original captain who is in the cage and he escapes. Yeah, we really should have pulled up the list of characters for this movie beforehand. <laughs> um, oh, that, that guy's Armando. Armando's the, the loyal... Armando's the loyalist, and he gets killed eventually. No, no, no he right? escapes. He he kills somebody on his escape, and he we don't see them. Okay, and what is this? Tri- so I didn't understand what was happening at the trial. Can anyone explain to me the, what was happening at the trial? Wait, okay, well the trial af- the trial happens after they nominate and elect uh, Fat Emperor. Yeah, yeah, Fat Emperor. What's his name? Ooh, Guzman, right? Okay, yeah, Emperor Guzman. Yeah, okay, Guzman becomes emperor. They try. <laughs> What's the name of the? <laughs> The Ur- Ur- Ursua is the okay. is the original head. Okay. Okay. They they, they, they try Ursua. Ursua. Okay. They find him guilty. He at least pardons the execution. Right. Gu- Guzman pardons the execution, and then and then we get on the rafts, and then the last forty minutes is there on the raft, basically. Yes. And it's this slow descent. Eventually, everybody is dead except for Kinski. And he is gives this last. Well, they get off the raft sometimes. They, they like, get off the raft sometimes, but the Guzman's. Or Guzman gets hanged in the end. Okay, so first, Guzman dies from, I think, drinking the river water. Oh, facts. I oh, and this is after the horse. Okay, this point. is after he expels the horse. He expels the horse in the raft. He orders the <laughs> right. expulsion of the horse in the raft. Then he dies, and then Guzman gets... Guzman? Uh, Ursua. Sorry, Ur- Ursua. Ursua. <laughs> yeah. Ursua gets... Hanged, and then uh, Ursula's wife uh, just walks into the forest, and then uh, yeah, and then, and then they they have like a couple more like land excursions. 
uh, and and then 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 it transitions to everyone just like slowly dying. Okay, yeah. So that's correct me if I'm wrong, Andy. That's a lot of plot points. No, I don't know. There's also a lot of you know so and so, a couple more land excursions. This kind of happens. You know, like 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 you're pointing to just like things that happened, but like like well, well, but my my point is more. Might it be somewhat of a credit to Herzog here to decide to make this movie in such a way where all of these dramatic moments, one, don't feel particularly dramatic, and two, blend together and are disorienting and are not particularly memorable? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I totally think yeah. that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's why it, it feels like it doesn't have a plot, because like, you don't have this arc that you've gone on maybe emotionally or something like that. Um, that's, a, that's a good point, yeah. I like it. I mean, I think this is also an interesting question is, like, maybe from the beginning of the movie throughout, or maybe just at a certain point, like, what do you want to happen? Do you want, any, do you want anything to happen? Do you want them to mm. find the gold? That's a really interesting question. Um, I'm not totally sure. And normally, I would point to that as a big flaw in a movie that there doesn't feel like there are stakes, but it doesn't feel like quite as much of a problem in this movie because I feel like it plants its flag in the ground so firmly saying where this is kind of aimless and it is wandering. And there is a broader, I guess, like fatalistic point maybe, but I don't know. Is that, is that bothersome for you watching this? No, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was at all. Um, yeah, I mean, that was an open question, and I guess the reason I posed it was because, like, I don't think I was really invested in the ultimate outcome, and maybe that's why, like, this emotional arc, like, the, or this, like, lack of emotional arc also works, or, or maybe it, or maybe it's just why it ex- exists at all. Like, if we don't, if it doesn't really matter to us, like, what the ultimate outcome is, and we're not invested in that, then maybe that's why we don't feel the... If the, the emotional impacts of the plot points. I mean, like, if you are really like, I want them to find this gold, and then they all start dying, then maybe you would care more about them. I mean, as a viewer, you probably wouldn't ever feel that sequence of things. So here's a, I feel like they, I feel like, I feel like we are raftsmen, and that I feel like the people on the raft felt the same way. They, they were just kind of along for this journey. Nobody really had strong conviction. The only person who had strong conviction was the Ursua guy who who got overthrown. He was really the only one with a plan and decisiveness. He was like, we're going to go back now. Well, and Aguirre, right? Well, uh, so so I don't think so. Vincent thinks so. Vincent, uh, so I won't speak for Vincent, but I I don't think Aguirre really had a plan. Like, we can start talking about Aguirre because... He might not have a. He might not have a plan, but he has convictions. No, I don't don't know. I I don't know about your conviction point. I don't. I. I mean, I think it is a little bit reductive. I feel like all these characters, or especially like during the mutiny, all these characters want to find gold and I don't think so at all. They were all reluctant to to mutiny. No, every single one of them. No, everyone. No, like at the moment of first mutiny. Like, the only person who stuck with Ursua was Armando. 
And like, I don't think that was just like a crowdsource thing. Like the, the default would be to fall back to the actual commander, but they all sided with- Not not when Adira has gun power and killing power and just-, and just shot, No, he- Just shot- But he had gunpowder because he had the loyalty of the rest of the force. Like he, he during that moment of when, when the mutiny occurred, he was like, wait a minute, like, we, we don't, uh, he, he gave this like speech about why, like they should be motivated to mm-hmm. go find the, the gold. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was convincing. Discovered Mexico and... Yeah. Right. I, I really saw that whole scene as like everyone just shrugging their shoulders and being like, okay, I guess this is happening now. Like I really saw, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really saw it as, as, as nobody was really into what was going on kind of including Aguirre himself, like... Well, at least in support of Vincent's point, there's also the scene where he, Aguirre somewhat surprisingly says, let's have Guzman be number one in charge here. Who's with Who's with me? And he looks around for the people to raise their hand and everybody's extraordinarily hesitant. But then I think the priest says, okay, who's in favor of Aguirre being number two? And then everybody's hands shoot up pretty immediately. Oh. So, so I do think that the sympathies are with well to andy's point it could also just be fear right right right. like and that's fair and dude knowing agiri like we kind of know agiri at this point after watching the film knowing agiri who who would support this guy like he has no good leadership qualities to me especially compared to this this ursua guy however you pronounce it that dude was a great leader i would follow him he's decisive he's looking out for his people He's caring. He's got a nice-looking wife. <laughs> I like that guy, but but I mean, uh, let's get into it, Gary. I I don't get this character, man. I I, I don't. Okay, get well, it. why don't you give your give your spiel about Gary first? I I don't know if it's a spiel. I just don't understand him. He just like he seems very passive most of the time like like you know when we initially get acquainted with him he's kind of just like sitting in a ponderous kind of pose thinking and like yeah he's maybe calling some shots in the background but he just seems like this pensive character who who like suddenly throws rages of uh, fits of rage and i those two seem in, in kind of opposition to me. And and I, I don't really see him as this like super ambitious, yo, let's go, let's go find find the gold, let's go find El Dorado. Like I I for some reason my head like thought he should be that kind of guy, but like through the through his presence in the movie, he was just kind of like this passive, you know. God, it was very confusing to me. I thought. Okay. Well, so, or do you want to do you want to? Okay. So, for me, I yeah, I guess I had, I I did get a lot from that character, and I think initially, my impression was this sort of, I mean, admittedly silent, but like, cunning, clever, like scheming, um, leader. Like, I mean, he he did explicitly pull some shots. I think I also in some of the blanks of like he had like uh gone gone support like in the background while while like all this was going on mm-hmm. in the first phase um 
And then, so, so, so there being like a silent cunningness to him. And then in the middle, I, I also like just viewed him as also competent. Like <laughs> I, I told you when we had talked about this briefly after watching it, um, yeah, like the moment where he just like unfazed, uh, like the, the horse kicks over the barrel, the gunpowder barrel and lights up and like the emperor like jumps off and he just like, like unfazed, like grabs it and like does like a crossover step and like throws it. <laughs> and, and I was like, this, this guy, like this guy is like, like maybe, maybe it's like, I don't know if it's like leading by example, but like he, he's like willing to like put himself out. Like he, he, uh, he's fearless. Like he's that kind of leader. And then... For me, like the the turning point of his character was when he gives that speech after like they uh, kill one of the members of the crew who they were want to chop his head off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, he he gives like this um, pretty intense speech where he talks about like he he doesn't even care about the the gold or the riches. Like for him, it's like entirely hubris. Um, like he 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 wants like the fame and glory and like the the legacy, and he is like the wrath of God, um, which is where we get the title from. But like, it's it's like this like God complex that is driving him. It's not like. It it's not the, uh, it, it's not even like the ends to the, like finding the riches and any of that. Um, so. I I thought that was I found that really interesting because, um, it's sort of like a man like. It's a, it's a reveal of like where all this was coming from, and it, it wasn't like it, it it was surprising to me. Um, like I think it was like a reveal, uh, but that that's ultimately like what culminated with the character. Like he's the last one standing, and he's still like having delusions of sailing across the Atlantic and starting a a new like civilization with his daughter through incest. Yeah, so I think I might come down somewhere in the middle between you two. So I definitely read the delusions of grandeur and sort of the feudal, feudal attempt at greatness. I read a lot of that into this movie, um, which I think is a relatively interesting field to go out on. Um, but where I agree with Andy is there is a startling lack of lack of dialogue, lack of obvious character development. There's a lack of a lot of this stuff, and it might be even more instructive to look away from Aguirre on that point because basically none of the other characters, there's almost no personality with any of these other characters whatsoever. I mean, there, there were certain scenes where I felt that the lines and the delivery of the lines, and perhaps this has something to do with the dub, but that they, it was essentially like the acting portion of it was irrelevant. Um, again, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it was a really stark difference to the last two movies we watched where there were very specific character traits, there's a lot of dialogue, and most of the movie hinges on the dialogue and the character development. So... I'm a little confused with what to make of all of that. I almost want to say that it's it's interesting and it reminds me of there's a French filmmaker named Bresson who does this who I forget exactly what he called his actors. I think he just called them models. But his whole idea was that basically your actors should be 
expressionless, emotionless. They should be doing nothing more than reciting the lines on the paper with little to no effect. This is kind of an example of that. And I feel like all of the Aguirre stuff, it almost works because it's such a physical performance. He's so bizarre looking. And even the way he moves is so strange. Yeah. Super, super strange. But I kind of agree with Andy that substantively there's not that much there. So I, I do, again, I read the delusions of greatness, all that stuff, like you're saying, Vincent, but I almost wonder if we would be foolish to focus too much on that component of it because I'm not sure that that speaks to what is special about the movie. Yeah, I, uh, Vin, what Vince, all of what Vincent said uh, makes sense to me. Um, it, it's just like, it's just like all that stuff is just clearly under the surface. It's, it's what you mentioned. It's a reveal. It gets revealed and you're kind of surprised when, when you find out what's behind this crazy guy. He's kind of like a, I guess he's like a, you could say he's mysterious throughout the movie because he, he is this kind of mysterious figure. I, um, yeah, and I, I, uh, I mean, I, I agree with both what you said. Um, the, I, I think the physicality of it, I hadn't thought about, but yeah, I, I think is, uh, I, I think definitely seeped in a lot to my understanding of the figure, uh, the, the, the character. Um, and maybe like a lot of it, it was more physicality than even the way he spoke or the things that he said. Um, the, I, I was going to say that now that I think about it, the physicality reminds me a little bit of Jack Sparrow. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I watched recently. <laughs> but, uh, Wait, what's the best Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean? Two, right? What is that? You, you, that? That's Dead Man's Chest, right? You purported to be two. Oh, two is gold. That's with the octopus man, Davy Jones. Where they but Davy Jones, is, Davy Jones is in both two and three. Okay. So I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, the I'm halfway through third. Oh, three that's right garbage. <laughs> Uh, for number one, Barbosa. Oh, Barbosa's in three again. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll, I won't go past two. I think you should not go past two. Okay. But the second one is... Is, is Kira Knightley in all of them? Yeah, she's in all of them. She's in all of them. Does she make it to like the fourth? Aren't there five? No way. I think there are five or six. Yeah, all right, so I think there are five. Let's get back so on track, many. boys. Okay, but I, I, do th- I do think that like sort of uh, eccentricity of... Mm character uh is really meaning or uh, it is really impactful um in both let's talk evaluatively a little bit before we get into awards uh so meaning let's hand out our ratings for this movie and talk about what's good and what's bad about it um so i'm not firm with my rating i so i've, I've seen this, this is the second time i've seen this film I would say I saw it probably four or five years ago, and at that point was more of a seven and a half, eight kind of a person on this movie. I think it's so austere and specific and imposing. I was really drawn to it as as it also as a young person trying to understand filmmaking. I think it's just a really interesting movie from that perspective because the filmmaking is put forward and front and center in a way that a lot of other movies it's not. That said, I think I'm I'm a seven on this movie now. It is slow. Uh, 
I, I found myself and maybe it's we're iPhone generation people and we don't have the proper kind of temperament to be watching this movie. But I did find that there was like just not quite enough for me to latch on to to feel really deeply moved. But that said, it, it's still a very impactful movie. It's one of those movies that weirdly like will hang around in your head for longer. So I feel like if you ask me in two months from now what I think of it, I might, in fact, like it a little bit more. Whereas something like Million Dollar Baby, which I, which I enjoyed watching, I, I feel I, like I like that movie less today, I think, probably than when we first sat down to talk about that movie. Um, a couple quick notes on some things I like about it. I think the score is super interesting. It's basically just that one music note, the not note, but uh, movement or whatever you want to call it. And, and the flute player. And the flute player. And the flute, and player. the flute player. Love that guy. Do not forget him. Um, I think that's really smart. Kinski's amazing to watch on screen. I actually think this is the least fun Kinski Herzog role of kind of the big ones. He's amazing in Nosferatu. Uh, and that's obviously another like sort of physical imposing role. Um, but he's really good in this. And then some of the nature stuff is just really interesting. It's, it's weird to see a nature movie where the point of it is not that it's so beautiful and lovely. Um, I'm not sure I would even call this movie beautiful and lovely. It's interesting, but it's it's heavy and it's slow and it's difficult and the landscape feels that way and the characters feel that way. And um, just overall as, as an aesthetic and as an image that it leaves in your head, I do give it a lot of credit for being really specific and moving might be a stretch um, but it's definitely a strong flavor and a flavor that sort of hangs around in the mouth for a long time. So that's where I am. I would, I'm would. i a seven. Are you sure that that was a beautiful review and you're going to give it a seven after I think hour? it's just, I mean, maybe maybe I bump up to <laughs> seven, two, five, seven, five. I don't know. I'll go seven, two, five. Fine. That was, fine. A, that was a beautiful All review, right. man. That was a beautiful review. Um, I... You stole my rating, actually. I was a seven, seven, two, five, but maybe I'll go up to a seven, five after hearing your beautiful, beautiful rating review. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I mean, okay, it was a slow movie, but I actually found myself, you know, pretty engaged the entire time. Um, it, it, it did. You know, it, it wasn't an adventure where you're like. Um, on the edge of your seat but it's like an adventure like you're on the raft you don't know what's coming next and and um so you're 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 i was engaged um again like this kinski you know character was really mysterious and i guess maybe therefore interesting to me um i also loved the humor in this movie yeah it's funny huh like like there were there were some really funny moments and get out of my way to the horse yeah, get out of my yeah yeah right. Well, he throws the horse on the ground. Throws the horse <laughs> on the ground. That that flute player was hilarious to me. You know when when they um when the uh, Indians when they get the Indians on board the ship, and they they try and convert them with the the Bible. <laughs> They're like, I don't hear anything yeah, coming. Like this, uh, this is the word. Yeah, this is the word yeah. of God. I don't hear anything. <laughs> Behead them. What about when one of the guy gets shot and he says, "I thought he looks in the camera and says, I thought it would hurt much more than this,' and then he dies." That's not Wait, that's... Uh, the so the the dub so the, the German <laughs> yeah. dub English subtitle, the 
The short, I don't, what did he say for the short one? Oh, the, the, the sh- when he got sh- shot with a short arrow, he was like, oh, a dwarf, dwarf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from a dwarf. Oh, no. And then with the long one, it's just like an instantaneous, the guy who gets shot says, oh, it looks like long arrows are in fashion. Again. Yeah, yeah. Has he got shot? That's a crazy thing to say. It was hilarious. We were, <laughs> we were dying. It was hilarious. Anyway, so. I, some so, of the humor might have been us just bad dubs. Yeah, may, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but. You know that that also that also made it kind of a fun fun movie. Uh, I I wouldn't classify this as a fun movie, okay? But there were fun funny moments um, within it. So um, anyway, yeah, I, I loved the the shots of of the, that raft on 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 the river, and and really it felt like we were just stuck on a raft going down the river. So um, yeah, seven seven five for me. Maybe seven seven five. Whoa. Wait, so are we doing it where we have like a pre-discussion rating and a post-discussion rating? No, no, we've already had my pre-discussion was seven. My post-discussion is seven two. I I didn't have a rating coming in, so I'll I'll go seven (laughs) seven five. You can't not have a rating. (laughs) Why not? Why not? Next time, Vincent. Next time, we'll have free post. Gosh. You were the one who were like was like we need to write down our rating yeah. on a piece of paper. Right. I, I so think that's given a good that we're system. not doing it on a piece of paper, you're just not having one at all. Yeah. We, we, we didn't. We we said we didn't Goodness. say we didn't agree to it, so I okay, didn't okay. do it. Of course. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, my pre-discussion rating was a soft seven, hard or sorry, hard seven, soft seven point two five. Mm. I think. What's that mean? Well, this is what, what Danny did on the... What is soft? It's like hard, you feel really good about it. You're like, yeah, it earns that. Then why not just say that? What are you soft? Okay, I think, well, I think after discussion, I would bump it up more. Because I think... And the, the pre-discussion was also like coming out of the movie. I do feel like in the... Well, it's been like two, three days since we watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it's sort of like sitting with you and you're thinking about things that does add value to it. So... And then even just discussing right now, like the appreciation of what it did and how it did it, um, I think is, yeah, I, I probably bump it up to maybe even a seven seven five. Um, Ooh, welcome to the wrap. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I thought it was interesting. I, I actually often tend to like slower movies i mean you know about this about me danny like yeah it's like yeah i like, I like <laughs> a lot i like the florida project yeah, yeah um i liked i like minari um and drive my car um a lot of those are sort of just like slice of life he's like uh, a little bit whimsical films this definitely has like a a darker tone um that's it like i feel like there was a little bit less inherently that kept me engaged less entertained like there like there, there are the moments of humor there's some uh pretty, pretty uh cool performances to watch um but like on, on like a minute to minute basis i feel like i was probably less engaged uh on average than those other films that i named which which would probably be like above aids um so i would say that about that and um yeah i mean i i think like both of you said there's um a lot of appreciation, I think, grows from just, like, thinking about it more. Uh, and I, I think that about a movie to sort of, like, stick with you for um, extended periods of time is is definitely a plus. 
Okay, great. So we're going to go on to awards then. So we'll start today. We're starting with the Amy Adams most replaceable cast member. Do we have a sponsor for the awards? Besides Amy Adams? Yeah, besides Amy Adams. Oh, we... Okay, so it's the... This is the the Amy Adams Most Replaceable Cast Member Award brought to you by Dippin' Dots. We're doing one... Okay, what's the logo of Dippin' Dots? No, no, no. Only, only Dippin' Dots is... The only sponsor for any award is is this award, and it's Dippin' Dots. And what's the, what's the motto for Dippin' Dots? Damn those dots. Okay, so this is the award. <laughs> this is the award. Okay. So I, I think everybody is incredibly replaceable except for Kinski, without whom I don't know if the movie works at all. But <laughs> <laughs> nobody else does almost anything as an actor. I, I liked the Fat Emperor. Yeah, I did. I was. I feel like the Fat Emperor was cast pretty perfectly. Also, also Ursula was was good. I thought. Yeah, you love Ursula, dude. He's he's the man. But he, he he had like lines for five minutes, and then otherwise he just looks sort of dead. sad, <laughs> sad and dead. No, I'm talking about Ursula before you know, kind of. Everything went south for him. Like he, I thought he was a good, convincing, <laughs> he literally, he strong he leader. He says like three lines. <laughs> he's, he's like, "We're going back," and then he gets shot. There's <laughs> not that much he, more he was, to him. He was good, man. He was good. Uh, you know who was not replaceable? His wife. That's true. <laughs> she, was, she was gorgeous. Her, I'm t- her dub lines are all over the place. Um. Okay, let's just do Anna Hathaway. We're doing what? So, so our answer I, is everyone. I, my everybody. answer is everybody. We did this. We yeah, we I'll wasted. Say one of the, we wasted the, the everybody award on Million Dollar Baby. Okay, well the the natives I don't think are. I mean the natives. Are the natives. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and the natives are are actual natives, correct? Yeah. 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 So cool. <laughs> Wait, I, I feel like we should. I feel like we do a better job of answering this. I don't think everyone's replaceable. Okay, who's who's who is? Hmm. The priest is pretty replaceable. Yeah. Uh, what does he do? I, I do like him, but I feel like he he is replaced. Although he, there there was like a I feel like there there's a tone that he struck that I thought was interesting between, like. Being, being godly, but then also like being sort of. Pragmatic and corrupt. Cutting. Yeah. Yeah, when when the the wife comes up to him and asks yeah. for him, yeah. mm-hmm. but he I think he his also his also just like demeanor and stature. I mean he he's like he might be the tallest person, uh, sort of. Yeah, he, he, he's not just sort of like a a pushover either. Guzman, I don't think is replaceable. Maybe I think again the physicality of that role, just kind of this fat big guy yeah. who's kind of he's a goof he's just greedy and doesn't really yeah, know maybe, what to do uh, maybe this is swinging uh, every, everyone's ear yeah maybe maybe it's <laughs> true maybe it's true um, there's about 90 uh, like members of the caravan who are this enslaved native peoples who are I would say relatively replaceable but that seems like a unfair dig at them because yeah, trying to stir up controversy yeah. here, Danny. <laughs> it, feels, it feels cruel to say. Trying to get canceled. 
<laughs> it's also a little bit hard when without evaluating dialogue or like original lines because I think yeah, that yeah. would often yeah, yeah, play yeah. into irreplaceable. The pipe guy. I mean the 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 flute guy. Totally massive. Anyone could have done that. No, dude. That's you, not even the original so... audio. So he's literally just standing there blowing into the pipe. That's the whole performance. No, I, I, I bet you that was the original <laughs> audio. They lost all the It's <laughs> not the original audio. Do you think um, do they have a different audi- audio for the English and German doves? Oh, that'd actually be so funny if we had different pan flute <laughs> music. pan flute. All right, let's okay, move let's, on to yeah, the Hathaway. Hathaway best performance we're not going to do because it's just Kinski, if anybody disagrees. Okay. So then we're doing the Hathaway most underrated. I don't know. Does anyone have ideas here? For me, not, n- nothing stands out all that much. For Andy, the looks of the wife seem to stand <laughs> out. Um, I think Ursua, dude. What a, <laughs> what a, what a stud. No. I literally have nothing better to offer up. Than Ursula. <laughs> what are you going with? The horse? I, I I did think about the horse. Wait, how did they? The just, horse was great. Wait, wait. Do you, do you think they actually put a horse on a raft and then threw the horse off the raft into the river? Yeah, a hundred percent. How else, how else would they have done that? And you think they did multiple takes of that? And they actually chopped the guy's head off. Wait, too. and didn't they throw? <laughs> did, didn't they throw the horse on the ground too, like a couple of times when he was misbehaving? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 Kinski throws the horse and he, out of the he, And he throws the monkeys at yeah, the... Yeah, he also, he also just, like, squeezes the monkey. Yeah, wow. The whole monkey scene, I thought... I mean, like, maybe there was a randomness to them. Uh, I don't know if it happened exactly how they planned, but the monkey scene, I also wondered how they did. Just I think they just airdropped a bunch of monkeys on the rat. No idea how the monkeys happened. The what? monkeys were crazy. What about the rats? You get the feeling what that rat, like they rats? just had animal infestations at certain points. What and Arzog was like, "Let's the, the the rats like eating the other rat." You know no, what I'm no, talking no, about? No, there was a there was a mother rat yeah. moving her children. Yeah. Oh, that was moving. I thought she was eating. No, them. she was not eating. Oh, I was caught up in that frenzy. Uh, wait. So this is I vote the horse. I think the horse was actually a really good. Oh, the girl. Yeah, that was a great. Pick. Oh yeah, like well, I I did I feel like that was a pretty. If there was any emotional parts of the movie, it was just like seeing like the really sad horse. Yeah, isn't that funny how like cats, dogs, horses, you always get more attached to? I don't get attached to horses actually, but cats, dogs, I do in movies. All right, I'm voting horse. We have two horse votes. Okay, we're, we're moving on to the Chessburster Award for most memorable scene. I th- okay. Let's let's just go through some scenes instead of just voting on our favorites. There's the first shot of the movie with the with the score that we hear throughout the movie, but is has the most impact here. I think um, that long shot of them coming down the mountain, and then for there, me, it's for me, it's the last scene. The last scene, like specifically that last shot. The the last shot of him alone on the raft surrounded by a bunch of monkeys and the camera just slowly rotating around that that was just i could still see that yeah yeah i i personally think agree those are to me those are the two to pick from at least um and having not seen this movie in four to five years about the only two things i remembered were the first shot of the movie and then like some 
some concept of them being on this raft for quite a long period of time. Not specifically that shot, Andy, but just vague ideas about what that raft was like. Okay, a couple more, though, to nominate. I love the get out of my way to the horse. That is amazing. I love when he says, when Guzman says, this is your throne, and he says, what else is a throne but a plank and some velvet? And he sits him onto it. I like that one. Um, I don't know. What else do we have here? Sacking the village, maybe? Vincent had a contender, the turning point of... uh... Oh, his speech? Yeah, his speech after he beheads the guy. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I think I would agree with Andy. I think I think that is... That, that is probably the scene that would stick with me. Okay, I'm happy with that one. I, I personally am more... Just because I've done this once now, the first scene sticks in my head more, but maybe after this one, it'll be that last swirling shot. Uh, three Colors Award for What Color Is The Movie... I go purple. That's the only color I really remember from the movie because of Aguirre. Isn't he wearing purple? Aguirre, the shirt is like purple. What? Seeping through. Seriously? Well, Andy's colorblind and has no idea what's going on <laughs> ever, but... Yeah, and Andy thought NYU's color was just blue. It's blue. It's that's, purple. That's awful, Andy. <laughs> that's so bad. All right, what's well, so is your vote for the movie blue? Um, I was going to say like um, like an aqua blue-green um, sort of, sort of mix, kind of the color of the river, to me. Yeah, I'm gonna go mahogany. Mahog. Oh, I kind of like that for this one. Kind of a serious tone. Okay. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde Scene Stealer Award. Flute guy. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. So, what, what, what else are we even nominating here, Vincent? Are we getting the horse up there? For scene stealer, I don't know if if it, if it ends up being underrated performance and then scene stealer. I feel like this is a little, a little redundant. A little. Hey, what what was the little animal he? Well, this is supposed to be a smaller. I think underrated. We usually have like. Okay, but we, we would remember not... like when we did Eternal Sunshine. It was like I know. I guess Kirsten Dunst was both of them. Right, but we would not choose the horse. The horse would definitely be scene stealer, not. No, it's not <laughs> well, I don't know. I voted for the horse already. <laughs> uh, okay, what, what were you thinking about Animal Andy? Like, towards the beginning of the movie, Hinsky gifts his daughter a little, you know, sleeping animal. What was it, like a chinchilla or something? It was, oh, I it thought was it was so a sloth. Cute. It might have been the sloth. It might have been a sloth. <laughs> a little tree-tailed sloth. Yeah, I thought that thing was really cute. Like a tree-toed? <laughs> no, three... Three-toed sloth. Three That's what it is. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you are you serious? What's a, what's a chinchilla? You're right. It's a three-toed sloth. Is it really? I thought it was. What did I say? A tree. You said tree tails. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, that that little thing could have been a scene stealer, but no no scene stealer compares to the. Flute. Okay, how about just outside of the animals? <laughs> The flute, flute. Can we give it to Kinski? That feels illegal no. to give it to Kinski. All right, I'm. I'll, I'll just go with the flute guy then, because Andy likes this flute guy so much. Love him. Okay, so ne- next two are. So we're gonna do these together. There's Frank Serpico. If you love a man's garden, you gotta love the man award for so bad it's good. And then there's the George Clooney Batman and Robin award for so bad it's bad. 
Um, I'm gonna say the dub is so bad it's good. I yeah. think it's. I think it adds. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. I agree with you there. Some some of the jokes are so bad it's good. Yeah, a lot of the jokes. Yeah, are, jokes. yeah, yeah. The okay, so you didn't have this in your dub, the, but the I thought it would hurt much more than this in English. That is definitely <laughs> so bad it's good. What the special effects on the head chop off? That's so bad it's good for yeah. me. Yeah, totally. Like all of the blood in this movie, kind of so bad it's good. Like terrible looking, right? Yeah. Oh my god! When the when they sent the black guy in front to scare the <laughs> scare the Indians. That might oh be so god. bad it's bad. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was that was I got a little hot in the collar watching that. <laughs> Okay, so Do we that, have any so bad it's bad? That, we could say that one maybe. Um, <laughs> although I thought it was funny. I don't. I don't know if that would be that bad. It's bad. It's so bad that it politically does not hold up well. <laughs> no, yeah, but I don't, I don't even. I don't think if you watch it, like you'll also get because it, it's it's from like such a different time. Like if if they made that movie now, it'd be like. Watching yeah, like, like 12 years. Yeah. Damn. I can't believe we cannot come up with any so bad it's bad. Yeah. Moving this movie to an eight. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you said, when you said like the blood, I was thinking of like the cannibal skeleton kind of things. That was weird. Yeah. What about just, this is kind of boring. No, you, we can't. We can't. We can't put that on the board. No, no, it has to be some sort of substantive thing. Okay, or I, I might say that's too substantive. It might be too substantive. I agree. Okay, <laughs> we if we think of stuff, we can come back to it. Synecdoche, Synecdoche, New York Award for is this movie too long? It feels long. This movie is only what's the runtime? It's like ninety minutes. What is it? I think it's- 140 i got i got 94 on the wiki um but maybe maybe wow. in the theaters it's 140 wait you know that might just be credits difference of credits um it feels long but i don't think it is too long i mean that's such a short runtime. could this have been 75 minutes probably no, no? no dude i but, think it could have really Maybe it needs to be a bit difficult and tiresome yeah, to really being, have the effect. Being drawn out is, is part of it, kind of. How long did you think this movie was? When you watch, like, if you, if you hadn't seen the runtime, what would you guess? Coming out of it, yeah, and being like, what, probably like two hours. Yeah, yeah it felt at least two hours. Right. I, I do. Th- I feel like the first part felt uh, not not like. Not like slow, but like there, there's a lot of things that happened that uh, weren't really that connected to the rest of it. At the beginning, yeah. Like what happens? Well, I mean, it's it's just like I guess like before it enters like the the river trip phase of it, um, there's the whole another phase that it's even sort of hard to remember exactly how I felt about that. It is interesting, like, when we did this for Million Dollar Baby, 
there were a lot of things that we pointed to and we liked that movie, but there was a lot of things that we pointed to and we're like, hmm, maybe get rid of that of like the whole B plot and <laughs> yeah. this character and this dot. Yeah. There's a lot of things we could point to. It's kind of, kind of interesting that with this, it's really hard to point to things and say like, Hey, chop that part out. It, it almost feels like it's like this movie is more like one brush stroke. It's a little harder to segment it up and dice it up. Mm, um, nice analogy. <laughs> A metaphor, I guess. Um, okay, Mean Girls Award. Could this be made into a bad musical? I think this would be a really good bad musical, actually. What? This would be so funny. Can you imagine them singing on the raft and like one by one dying? It's a hard not like. <laughs> I think this would be. F- I would definitely see a Gary the musical, like undoubtedly. Oh my god, that's a um, funny, weird. I find I can. I find I can go. <laughs> Maybe we should do it. <laughs> I'm a no here. Yeah, yeah. The next two I think are no's. Is this rear window? It's not rear window. I don't. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> is this a missing girl movie? No. We have a missing city. But that's we a have a missing. Or I feel, we have a missing man, sort of in Ursua. <laughs> He's not missing. He's lying there the I whole know, time. But you're like, where did this guy that Andy fell in love with go? I don't. I don't even Wait, understand. Yo, what, what? What was in his hand? <laughs> Whose hand? He was clen- He was clenching something. It's probably a cross, right? I don't know what he was. Oh, that's, a, that's a good. That's a good theory. No, I'm saying like there's this. There's this guy who. Okay, for for me, the essence of like missing girl, uh, often is like, you have a character that the main character is really attached to. And then, like, maybe they're gonna, they're on their anniversary or something. Something, something's gonna happen. Like, uh, before I can get there, like, it gets taken away from you. And then, for the rest of the movie, you're trying to like find it. And then, like, maybe you'll find it. But what is like that here? Yeah, well, Ursua. Yeah, you're like, oh, like this is like a charismatic guy, and. (laughs) Oh, you mean like Andy's fetish for him? Yeah. What is oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, he's a, he's a great, he's a great leader. <laughs> he's, he's got a gorgeous wife. He, he's a stud. He's a great dude. Before Andy, it could play as a missing girl movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm satisfied with that. Okay, so we have our indexes now. I think we do the indexes. Indices, I think. Indices, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we do that first usually, but oh well. Okay, Arrival Award... Okay, this is the arrival emotionally manipulative index, one to right, ten. Right. It's like a two. It's like I actually would really struggle to think of any movie I've ever seen that is less emotionally caught up with itself than this. Well, shouldn't it just be a one then? Well, I, I, I feel like I gotta leave somewhere. Like, for what? For my life. You know, I have hopefully many years left to go. I could see a one. Um, yeah, that's fine. I, no, but then, I, I'm fine with that. if you saw, if you came across something and it was less emotionally manipulative, would, would that become the new two? And the new no. Two? Oh, no, 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 no. You have to bump this up. No, perhaps that would be a one, seven, five. That two is absolutely the right. You need to leave yourself wiggle room. I still think this should not be an index and it should just be the most manipulative part, but... We, okay. we don't have anything to talk about. Next time, Vincent. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your number? You got to give it a number. Me and Andy are two. <laughs> I'll give it a one. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 Uh, the Bill Simmons Rewatchability Index. Oh, actually, 
Oh, we changed this. this Ooh, is, wait, oh, hold on. Okay, okay. Okay, back to emotional man- manipulable. Manip- wait. <laughs> Manipula- Emotionally manipulative index. No, wait, what's the noun form of manip- manipulative? Manipulative. <laughs> <laughs> that actually really hard to say. Manipulatable, right? That's what you're no, trying to say? No, na- noun. Ability. Yeah, ability. Is it? Isn't it just we, malleability? We all know, we no, all, that's we all know what you mean. Okay, but yeah. Okay. Well, okay, so there's... Okay, I, I just thought of the scene where, like, the native is talking to... Or to his wife about, like, he was a prince. Um, oh, right. Before. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't catch that at all. <laughs> Did they just catch that? Oh, you're out? right. You're right. That You're nominating it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, That's absolutely a winner. Okay. That's okay. Well, so then maybe I should have. Okay. Well, but I don't think he was overdone yeah, at that, all. That was literally the only. Right. Thing I don't think he was overdone. Play on that. They just yeah. ignored it. I don't yeah, think he was that's overdone. Compared but... to like the guy gets hanged while he's eating a banana next day, and the camera just is on the guy eating the fruit. <laughs> Wait, who gets hanged? Ursua. Oh. Oh yeah. And, and then like you don't even see him die. Really, it just like cuts to this guy eating fruit on a log. Right. There's also the part where, like, right after Ursua gets shot and he's, like, dying somewhere in the background, it's just the pan flute and Kinski. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, bump it, I'll bump mine to it to you then. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, rewatchability index. We changed this to um, how long? How long until you would see this movie again? Like, three to four years. I mean, it took me about four to five years to see it again. But that, I, I could see it sooner, though. Between two and four years. Yeah, I think, like, two, three. Um, I would probably say over four. Like, wow. out of, like, I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't think, I, I wouldn't, like, go out of my way to seek it out because I don't think it would be an enjoyable thing to watch again. Um... You know what this movie's great for is if you just throw a party and you just have, like you have music on yeah. and then you just have something <clears> on <throat> in the background. Yeah. Like when you it's did that, perfect. you did that with uh, Eight-Legged Freaks. Is that what we did? For the, yeah, yeah, we did do an Eight-Legged Freaks one. That's not a good movie for that. Even. <laughs> it was pretty good. You know what was good? We did the Animatrix ones. That was a cool movie to have on in the background. Isn't that a show? Maybe. Am I saying the wrong thing? It's the mate. It's the animated Matrix. Yeah, movie. I thought it was like a series of like twenty uh, vignettes. Oh, maybe, maybe the wrong thing. Okay, but anyway, Red Desert. That's another good one to just have on in the background. Fantastic Planet. Okay, I'm done. Um, sea Biscuit pacing index. This is slow. Uh, it's like, I mean, if we're comparing it to like tier two arty European cinema stuff. It's still a little slow, but it's not crazy slow on that one. But if we're including American films on this, it has to be like a three. I mean, it's way slower than most American stuff. And it works. I do think the pacing works. I think it's yeah. pretty necessary for the feeling of disorientation of this movie. Slow but fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think three is appropriate. All right, does anybody have anything else on this one before we wrap it up? I just request that you edit in the flute 
<laughs> yeah, cool. before, uh, I think you should. I think you should edit in uh, <laughs> Kinski's recording. Or oh, of the, Kinski yelling at herself. Yeah. Oh, we should do that. Okay, so maybe you guys will hear Kinski now, but definitely, even if Kinski plays, you'll hear uh, some pan flute on the outro to get you going on home. Yeah. All right, thanks very much. We're a film farm brought to you by Beecher's Handmade Cheese. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.